welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Well, welcome back, one and all. This is the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. I'm Ryan Aris, and today it is my pleasure to have Pastor Tobias Riemenschneider as our special guest. We'll get uh, we'll get more into Pastor Tobias in just a few moments. I just want to remind you once more that uh, the Worldview Leadership Academy is happening in the USA this year. Uh, that's in Huntsville, Alabama, July 30th through August 4th, and scholarships are available. There is a uh, there's funding available uh, both to attend the program as well as a academic partnership that the Ezra Institute has with Bryan College. So if you attend the uh, the Worldview Leadership Academy, you can apply that uh, that time spent uh, towards uh, course credit at Bryan College in Dayton, Tennessee. Visit uh, ezrainstitute.com, ezrapress.com, and you can find out more about uh, about that opportunity. Also, as, uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, but uh, several people have still been asking, uh, our American donation uh, system is now online. So um, American uh, friends and supporters have been asking for a way to, uh, to support the work of the Institute in the USA. If you visit EzraInstitute.com, uh, click on the donate button, you'll see that uh, it's separated by, uh, by country now uh, in USA, Canada, and the UK, and that uh, that American donation platform is on is online and available now. Thanks very much for all of your support. It helps us to uh, carry on with with content like this. We really appreciate it. God bless you. So that's uh, that's all of our announcements for today. I want to jump right into uh, to this interview, and as I mentioned, Tobias Riemenschneider is our special guest. Pastor, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Oh, it's a, it's a real joy. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Pastor Tobias, uh, you will. He is the uh, he's pastor of Evangelical Reform Baptist Church in Frankfurt, Germany, and he is one of the principal authors of the Frankfurt Declaration of Christian and Civil Liberties, uh, which has. Uh, at least on the website as of today, I'm sure it's gone up since then, but 6,200 and more uh, signatories. Uh, and that is uh, pastors, ministry leaders, uh, heads of school, business leaders, lay people uh, from dozens and dozens of countries in uh, Europe, North America, Africa, Australia. And uh, we'll get, we're going to be talking about, uh, about that uh, declaration as well. Tobias is also the author of Resisting Tyranny, A Christian Response to Government Overreach. This is the book right here. And uh, you've, got, uh, you've got the title. We've, we've published it here at Ezra Press in English. You've got it also published in German. And that's, uh, that's available in your, uh, your preferred language. So that's, uh, that's a, real, uh, a real treat. Brother, thanks again for uh, for being here. It's great to see you. Yes, thank you so much. And here is this is the German version. Yes, so if someone perfect. from Germany uh, is listening. You can also have it in German. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll uh, we'll put links to uh, to where to get uh, both of those uh, versions uh, in the uh, in the notes. So, Tobias, I wanted to uh, I wanted to start 
by uh, by ta- having you uh, say more about the Frankfurt Declaration. And this is uh, this is available online, uh, FrankfurtDeclaration.com, and it is five statements, uh, five sets of uh, affirmations and denials loaded uh, loaded with scriptural proofs to support each statement and they all revolve around and concern the uh, the recent uh, or I guess were were catalyzed by is a better way to put it the the recent covid moment and the response of governments around the world uh, to sort of to tend totalitarian um Maybe uh, just to start us off by uh, telling us what uh, what was the moment that uh, that you realized that you know as a as a pastor as someone concerned with the uh, the care the care of eternal souls uh, when did you realize it was important to uh, to release a public statement like this? So I, I basically realized right from the beginning that that something was off. So um, in I think it was March 2020 when uh, in, in Germany the first lockdown came and probably it was the same all around the world basically. And um, th- this lockdown, um, you know, it, it, during this lockdown, all uh, worship services were prohibited. And I knew right from the start that I would not submit to, uh, because I, I knew we need to worship our God. Mm-hmm. And we cannot have the state decide whether we are allowed to give uh, worship to God or not. So um, I knew right from the start that we cannot submit to everything the state is uh, is wanting us to do or not to do. Um, but I was not thinking of, of any statement at all. Um, you know, the first statement we issued in Germany was uh, approximately one year later as a response to a, to a statement put out by about 50 quite well-known pastors, Bible teachers, and so on, from Germany and Switzerland. Um, They had released a statement basically calling all Christians to to submit to to basically whatever the state demands them to submit to. Mm. And and we thought, okay, someone has to say something against it. And we didn't really want to do it. We, that is my co-pastor, Peter, and and I, um, we we didn't really aspire to, to do something publicly. Um, on the contrary, we were quite happy that um, if, if no one would have noticed us, yeah, we could just uh, silently disobey yeah, uh, and resist the yeah. state. Yeah. Um, but no one was doing anything. So we thought, okay, it's up to us. We have to, to do something. So that was our first statement, which we published in, in Germany. Um, this is, by the way, also part of, of this book, Resisting Tyranny. Um, and then around the same time, I think, I was approached from a brother from uh, the UK, from England, and uh, he was um, he was gathering a group of of, uh, of people, pastors, theologians, um, basically from around the world, uh, from from the UK, from mainland Europe, from uh, Africa, and and Canada, and um, he, he brought us all together. And his idea was to have a a global uh, declaration with regard to, to COVID, with regard to the government overreach. Um, <clears throat> and so it was his idea, and we started meeting on, 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 uh, on Zoom, I guess, mm. and uh, started to work on this. And it became clear after a while that not everyone was, was going in the same direction. So a small group um, 
basically split split off, and uh, that was uh, three three guys, three brothers, um, uh, Pastor Paul Hartwig from South Africa, uh, Pastor Stephen Lloyd from France, and uh, myself. And the three of us, the small group, then uh, yeah, worked out this uh, this Frankfurt Declaration together. Right. Uh, one of the uh, one of the things that is uh, I guess striking about uh, about the declaration is that uh, it's it's there in the headline uh, uh, civil Christian and civil liberties, uh, but it uh, it doesn't begin with a uh, a sort of insistence upon the rights of man. Uh, it goes it goes further back. It's uh, it's dealing with what well, with Article One really focuses on the nature of reality um it's uh, it's an answer to the fundamental worldview questions um yes. questions like you know where where are we uh, who's in charge here what do i have to do and it seems like uh, a, a large part of the conflict uh a lot of the uh, the reasons that uh, that this statement was was necessitated uh, why you felt that uh, well, we have to do something is because that the uh, our states, our government, our civil authorities were not acknowledging these starting points. Yes. So the first article is about um, God being the creator and being the lawgiver and being the judge of all men, even those in authority. And uh, mm. and of course, he is the highest lawgiver. So and, and we we found that this was the the foundation. We believe that there is a God that there is a higher power, higher than the state, and his laws are more important than the laws of the state. And um, the state may judge us here on earth, but God will judge, judge us uh, eternally. So um, this is basically the foundation. Why, why do we have a problem um, submitting to the state in everything? Well, because there is a, a higher authority and a higher law and a higher judge. And if and when the... the um, the authorities here on earth um, do anything, demand anything, prohibit anything, which um, which is against the law of God, then we have, have to obey God more than men. So this was basically the starting point to explain why we as Christians cannot just submit to anything and everything the state says, but why we have to resist at times because there's this higher authority. Right. Now we uh, we mentioned already uh, six thousand or more signatories, uh, mm -hmm. several dozen uh, initial signatories who had uh, sort of received the uh, the draft statement and and signed on and offered some input. Uh, I believe that uh, the Ezra Institute's Joe Boot was uh, was one of those. Um, yes. Yes. Did uh, was that were you expecting this sort of response or what uh, what did you what did you hope to or expect to accomplish with the statement yeah so to be honest we didn't know what to expect or uh, what to accomplish um, um, I you know I thought it was important to have something out there I mean we, we are not the only ones right others also put yeah. something out but but we thought to have an an international approach to this um, would be helpful. We had no idea how this would, um, you know, what effect this would have, how it would, 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 have, would have been received. Um, I was very um, surprised and very encouraged when I, when I sent the, the draft statement to, um, 
to to uh, brother X and pastor Y and 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 every almost everyone with one or two exceptions only almost everyone responded I want to sign um that was a, a great surprise I never expected that you know I'm I'm uh, I'm personal friend of of Dr James White so I was hoping mm. that he because we are friends he would probably sign it but I didn't expect it to have the um yeah the 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 effect it had so um and and that's basically also you know we, we did it very we didn't we we didn't do it very professionally i hope the statement is is done professionally but um <laughs> the in, entire process you know when i when i um when i think of how normally those statements are are put together uh then um this is a a, a huge process people come together uh maybe for for an, for a whole day or even more and uh, to finalize everything and we didn't it was just us three guys on zoom drafting this uh this uh, declaration and then basically sending it to 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 people and uh waiting for the response so it was not done very professionally in, in this in yeah. this way but <laughs> yeah uh, god blessed it and we are very grateful and we are very surprised uh how god used this uh, this declaration um even even men you know um where people told me you know i will try to send it to him but you know it's basically impossible he will sign it and and, right. and he did so uh, there were some 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 brothers some pastors who are very yeah men like like john macarthur men like Woody borkham and, and and many others um mm. i would never never have expected uh, these men to to sign the declaration and i'm very grateful they did well, praise God for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, so I'd uh, I'd like to uh, like to ask you a little bit more about the book uh, "Resisting Tyranny," mm -hmm. um, the, and this is something that uh, something that I guess is common to the uh, the declaration as well as the book is the re the response that you've already alluded to, where it was uh, it was common uh, for during you know throughout the uh, the COVID measures around the world uh, for many, many churches and many Christians to, in, to endorse a position that uh, it was effectively summed up as love your neighbor by wearing a mask or love your neighbor by getting vaccinated or something like that. And it was, it was a position that uh, carried the assumption that this, this moment that we are in, these current state measures are no big deal. They're, they're inconvenient. You know, the, we would uh, we would rather not if we had uh, all things being equal, but it's not a big deal. Historically, there have been uh, worse offenses against uh, personal freedom, and that uh, that the Christ-like thing to do uh, was to uh, to give up our civil liberties. But uh, I'd just like to uh, to hear from you why you you took a a strong line uh, rejecting that sort of reasoning and those sorts of conclusions. Yeah, you know, um, in, in Germany, the Lutheran State Church even had this slogan, vaccinate your neighbor as yourself. So um, <laughs> there was very little resistance, at least at least visible resistance. I know there have been some churches who silently and uh, yeah, just just disobeyed, but um, most most kept silent. And um, those who, who were allowed, they promoted everything, basically. Yeah. And um and I know that 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 people said, you know, this is not the fight to fight. So this is not where where we resist. Uh, if, if it gets much worse, then we will resist. Um, 
well, and some of them said that at the beginning, and then it got much worse, and they still didn't right. resist. So I'm not sure if that's really, uh, yeah. So um, what I saw um, was not just an inconvenience, but it was a major attack on 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 God, on 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 His image bearers. So men are made in the image of God. And that means that we have certain unalienable rights. Um, you cannot just treat us like, like, like a dog. We, we are made in the image of God. We have dignity. We have rights. You cannot take them away. Um, and, uh, and this was an attack on the image of God. You know, especially in, in, the, in the worst, um, you know, the worst things that really happen. You know, um, it's, not, it's not just that that you are required to wear a mask. I wore a mask when I was in the supermarket. So uh, that's not my biggest issue, even though I mm -hmm. think it is an injustice, but I don't think that's the big, biggest issue. But how many people died alone in the hospitals? And, the, and you know, the daughter was not allowed to visit the dying mother and told her hand when she died. Um, children w w were treated like, basically like like rats, like those who... You know, um, at least in Germany, this was the narrative. That they spread the disease. And horrible things were done to these children. I don't know if they will ever recover from this, right? Um, to have all this fear. In Germany, there was even an official government paper that, that said you have, to, you, have to, um, you have to tell the children that they will, will be responsible if, if uh, grandma and grandpa die. So it, wow. it was it was so so evil what was done, especially to those who are the most vulnerable, the old, the dying, the children. Um, so th this was the the main issue, and of course the other main issue was um, the worship of God Himself. So it was not just about man; it was not just about our dignity, our freedom, our made in the image, being made in the image of God. It was also about the honor of God. Singing mm -hmm. was prohibited. In Germany for seven months um, you cannot just stop singing praises to, to, to the Lord to the maker of the universe to your sustainer you cannot just stop giving what he demands of you um, so I don't think those were, were just minor um, minor inconveniences I believe that was a, a massive attack and um, I, I'm, I'm not saying there haven't there haven't been uh, similar attacks in the past or bigger attacks in the past. Uh, but during our lifetime, this was probably the biggest attack we, uh, we witnessed. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it, it actually was the duty of every Christian to stand up and say no. Because I fear that if you did not stand up uh, during COVID, um, I, I, I'm not very confident that you will if it gets even worse. Um, you know, right. I was reminded of, of Daniel. When Daniel came to... Um, It, it was in, in, in exile. He made the decision right at the beginning in his heart, I will not do anything which is against the law of God. And because he started, he began with, with this. I believe he was able later to, 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 to have to been thrown in the lion's den. Yeah? So um, I think uh, courage doesn't, uh, and, um, doesn't come uh, someone later. You have to train. I think this was this was a good training uh, to see whether you actually are 
courageous if you are if you are able to stand up against injustice by the grace of God alone. I'm not saying I, I was very afraid. It's it was mm -hmm. not in my own strength. I was very afraid, but but God helped me and um, and He made me strong. And uh, yeah, right. Well, thank God for that. Um, yes. You were uh, in the book. Uh, your uh, it's you you speak uh, you speak well you speak graciously but uh, one thing that a reader uh, can't escape is that uh, you you're speaking very very directly uh, against uh, or toward towards uh, state officials specifically as well as to to pastors and churches and others who have who have uh, urged compliance above above all other virtues uh speak uh, pastorally and uh it, with the, with regards to the worship of god as you've mentioned already uh what what is at risk spiritually uh for the church or for the individual christian who made who made compliance the highest virtue yeah so um You know, my main concern, maybe starting with this, my main concern was not to protect the state officials or to protect the pastors who complied, mm -hmm. because I believe that um, that they are the ones um, who, who are guilty. And um, I, I, my main concern was not to protect them, to protect their honor or so. My, my main concern was for the sheep who suffered un under these men. Um, I, I, I cried for them. And uh, th that was the motivation to, to basically write, uh, write the entire book, everything. The motivation was to help my brothers and sisters who are suffering under tyranny, whether mm. it was by state officials or whether it was in the church, by pastors who, who wouldn't allow them to, 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 to worship anymore um, unless they wear, they wear a mask. Um, who would throw them out of the of the church? Um, you know, I I have I have um, I have heard so many testimonies, spoken to so many people who suffered great injustice, even under their own pastors. That the pastors they are there to protect the sheep. When danger comes, when the wolves come, then you have to stand up and be even willing to risk your own life. And people in Canada have done have done so. Mm -hmm. James Coates, Tim Stevens, they went to jail because they wanted to protect their sheep against all costs. Others were charged, like Jacob Riome and others, they were charged with enormous amounts. Um, but those are the men I respect as shepherds. They stand up when uh, they, are, they, they are will, willing to, to suffer in order to protect their sheep. And that was also my heart. It, 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 it went out to the sheep. I wanted to help them. So that's why I spoke directly Uh, because it wasn't my intention to protect those who did the injustice. It was to protect those and help those who suffered under the injustice. So, um, and I believe it is, it, you know, it is so much at stake. Um, we, we currently live in a time, um, you might have noticed, <laughs> where, where basically God, his law, his truth, and therefore also his people, if they want to be truthful, faithful, are under a major attack. Um, you know, we don't even know any, anymore whether there is a God 
or whether there's men and women. So this is a, a massive attack on the foundations of truth, the foundations of Christendom. Um, God himself is attacked and his image bearers. So ev everything is at stake right now. And if the church begins to comply, you know, when the state sees, when, when the state realizes, okay, I, don't, I only need a narrative, a narrative which is very threatening, and people just believe me. Well, that's great. And then when they are, when they, when they are afraid, afraid that they might, might even die, then I can just, just demand anything and they will comply. So how do you know that the state, and we live in a godless state, I mean, I think so much is obviously this is a godless state, an anti-Christian state, um, murdering so many babies, mm -hmm. the entire homosexuality, transgender stuff, and so on. it's obvious. So why would you believe that if the church um, backs down and, 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 and does it again and does it again. Why, don't, why do, would you believe that the state would just stop and say, okay, here are your freedoms back. Thanks to God, it happened after COVID. COVID, COVID ended. Uh, at least I hope it, it has. <laughs> and, um, and we got most of our freedoms back. But who knows what will happen in two or three years. Um, maybe there's another virus. Maybe there's, there's something else. So to stand the ground now against all the, the satanic lies, against tyranny, against, uh, against an anti-Christian state who produces so much suffering. I just mentioned the old people who died alone. I mentioned mm -hmm. the children who suffered so much. Uh, we have to stand up. Actually, I believe that it, that it even got that worse is at least partly, maybe wholly, <laughs> entirely, um, uh, the fault of the church. Because for, for the last decades, I don't know how many years, maybe 100 years, I don't know, at least the last decades, the church was basically asleep. All these things happened. Abortion got legalized, and, um, and homosexuality got legalized, and transgenderism came, and all these things came. It started with feminism. So you could go mm. back decades and decades, probably 100 years or even more. And, and the church didn't really stand up against it, didn't really resist they just let it happen. And now that's where we are. So I, I believe this is really a wake-up call. COVID was a wake-up call. Yeah. It, it was for me um, to understand, okay, this is really a fight uh, to the death. So they are, they, are, they, are not, they are not neutral. The state isn't neutral. They don't just respect Christians and say, well, if you want to worship, that's fine. No, that, that was an illusion. Neutrality was an illusion. They are not neutral. They are opposed to God and everything which belongs to God. So, and we have to understand that. We have to wake up and we have to join the fight and, uh, and resist where we have to resist. Right. And we, uh, we heard that, uh, that too. We had anecdotes here in Canada that you know, people, people in business, people in education, people in other spheres had been saying, you know, well, we we're waiting for the church to do something or to say something. Why, mm -hmm. why are we not hearing from the church as these these freedoms are encroached upon? Right, uh, right. The, the same in Germany. We had mm -hmm. atheists who who called out for the church. Why are you not saying anything? So, so yes, I mean, I don't yes, really David. accept. Uh, I don't really accept critiques from atheists, but uh, right. they were right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, the church just. 
just proved that not in, no, not the entire church there was resistance but great parts of the church just proved that they are completely in step with with the the anti-christian state that right. they just ha have been overcome and uh, that's that's not that's not good <laughs> they have to wake up that's right right so you uh, you wrote you wrote the book uh, as you mentioned as a wake up call you wrote it out of a primary concern for the people who were who were suffering uh, within and without the church, yeah. uh, but uh, what uh, I guess what now? Now that uh, according to all the official channels, now that COVID is over, uh, what uh, what what do you hope to accomplish with this book, or what do you uh, what do you hope? Who who is it for? Now that people people are able by and large to get the. Uh, the fellowship, the community, the the direct pastoral care that to, that they have been 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 missing. Yeah. So um, maybe maybe a brief word regarding the book. So the book is a compilation of statements, sermons, articles, and so on. Uh, I wrote during the time of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and even though some were written uh, with regard to a German. Um, uh, so the, the German background, yeah. um, I believe uh, and hope that they are valid uh, globally, because um, I, I I've tried very much to to argue exclusively on on biblical grounds, and and the truth of the Bible they don't only apply to Germany, and they don't only apply to to a specific time they apply universally, right. yeah, and. Um, you're right. It seems that COVID is um, is is mostly over. I mean, just a few days ago, I wanted to be at a conference in Texas. I wasn't allowed to to, to fly to Texas because right? they still required vaccination. Uh, they they you know they um, they abolished the, that a few a few days ago, but it was it, it was in three weeks ago or so. I was still not allowed to to travel to Texas. And I just I just read that uh, there is a Giro d'Italia, which is a, a um, some bicycle race in Italy, and um, they brought back the mask requirements. So I'm not sure if it's really over. I hope so, but um, but it doesn't really matter because um, as I as I already mentioned, we have to realize um, that we live in a state that is not neutral, not neutral towards God, not neutral to His people. But mm -hmm. it is a, an anti-Christian state, a murderous state, a state that, that hates God and loves death. And so to believe that COVID was just um, you know, completely unique and nothing like that will ever come again, I think that that's naive. Right. I mean, I yeah. would be grateful if, if, it, if it doesn't, if something like that don't come again, but uh, I believe it will. I actually believe it, it's already here. Um, in, in Germany, more and more Christians really struggle in their jobs, sometimes even lose their jobs because of transgenderism. So the issue of, of the state, of the state overreach, of the state trying to, to, to force everyone, including Christians, um, to acknowledge their ideology, their religion, um, it, it's still there. Um, you know, they, they call good evil and evil good. Mm -hmm. And they demand that you do so also. Um, so 
this this problem of the state not being neutral but being anti-Christian and trying to impose its worldview, its religion, yeah, its ideologies on everyone, including us Christians, this situation is still there, and I believe it will get worse. And who knows whether there will be another situation like COVID or maybe even worse. So that's why I believe that it is important to 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 learn to think biblically about this entire topic of the relationship between state and church and family and the individual and Christ the Lord over all. So it's important to, to have a clear biblical understanding how these relation, relate to each other. It is important to have a clear biblical understanding where are the, the limits of, of subordination. Because we are called to, to, to obey the state. But I, I strongly believe that the Bible also gives us um, the limits of, of this, um, of this uh, command to, to obey and to submit. So it is really important to understand these things so that we know when to submit and when to stand up and resist the state. And I believe, as I said, we live in a time where this is extremely important to, to think about and, and to know when it's the right time to, to obey God rather than men. Right. Uh, what, what about, uh, so you, you've spoken of a God, godly criteria for resisting where that's a, a, a Christian option or even a Christian responsibility or duty. Uh, what about efforts to, to, uh, to influence or to change official state policy to become more in line with a, with a scriptural understanding? Uh, is there... Where, where where does that uh, where does that effort fit in uh, in these uh, the, the relationship of these spheres? Yes, so I I believe that this is extremely important. That's why I said the church has to has to wake up. You know, we have to realize mm. that we were asleep for decades, and that all the evil stuff we are now seeing there, it happened at least in part because we didn't do anything against it. You know, um, people tend, Christians, many at least, and I think it's also a, 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 an issue of theology, an issue of eschatology, probably. Uh, many believe, well, okay, there, this is the, the world, and the world is evil, so what should I do? Well, maybe just turn inwardly and, right. uh, you know, and, and just, just focus on my church or, or something like that. The problem is, if you do that, then the world outside there gets more and more evil, and it comes the time when it's so evil that it doesn't, you know, th that it comes and encroaches on your church. So you will even lose what you wanted to keep. You wanted to focus on your church. And so, no, the state will come and take it away from you. So this is a war. This is warfare. And we have to join the war. We cannot just sit there and wait uh, until we lost the war. Right. So that's why I believe it is very important not to get these things straight for ourselves or maybe for our family or our church but to understand that we have to to be actively involved you know that we basically have to fulfill the great commission to go out there and tell people that there is a a, a new king well mm -hmm. he has been there for 2000 years but there yes. is a king and every one of you has to obey him yeah you have to you have to to be his disciples you have to bow your knees before him. Your tongue has to confess that he is Lord and not you. And you have to, to learn to obey everything he teaches. 
So of course, this is primarily uh, for those who, who believe, for the believers. But our call, our great commission is to go out there and make all everyone a believer, if possible, <laughs> if God wills. So mm-hmm. um, we, we should disciple the nations. And that's what we have to do. We have to declare that, uh, that there is a, a king that was installed by God, and his name is Jesus. And he now commands you to obey him, to believe in him and to obey him because he will come again one day and he will judge you according to his law and not according to your law and not according to your morals, but to his. And um, it is extremely important to do that. Uh, That is the only way by proclaiming the truth, by proclaiming the word and not not just the idea, okay, the gospel is only Christ and him crucified. That is true, that is the core of the gospel, but that's not the entire gospel because Christ is also risen and Christ is also seated on the throne and Christ now has commandments for everyone and he will come back and judge. And so we have to to proclaim the word, we have to tell people that they will meet their maker and that they will be held responsible for for what they do. We have to call them to obey God again. Um, I think that's uh, also what we see in scripture. Um, not just in the Old Testament, not just in, in, in Israel, uh, but also we see it uh, in the New Testament. We see it with Paul uh, speaking to Roman, author, uh, Roman leaders and so on. And I believe that's important. We have to do it. And especially, you know, I, I, t- to be honest, I cannot even fathom how we can, you know, how we can just sit there knowing that while we sit here, thousands of babies are murdered Mm. how can the church be silent i mean this is so obvious that we have to do something we are called to protect the weak we are called to protect those who are being led to be slaughtered Um, so if that not if that doesn't wake you up and, and and make you understand that you have to do something that you have to go out there and proclaim the word and proclaim that this is wrong and that you that they God will judge all the the blood of all these babies you 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 don't get christianity right right yeah i uh i appreciate what you said you met you mentioned uh, just in passing eschatology and I think that uh, that's actually, it's an important consideration, not, uh, not that we demand uniformity in, in eschatology in our position, but the, uh, the assumption that, uh, that I, th- I believe that we're working from is that this is, this is a long and extended, uh, in the history of the world, Christ's kingdom advances, uh, sometimes more uh, visibly, sometimes less visibly, and if I can, uh, if I can put my own interpretation on the the role and position and nature of the book that you've written, uh, there is a time that we are in right now uh, for t- uh, to play defense, to uh, to stand and say you know st- and hedge around the uh, the historic liberties that we've won uh, thanks to the the role and the advance of the gospel. Uh, there, yes. there is a time to advance. There is a time to push forward. There is a time uh, to play defense, and that's uh, that's a time that we we have been in, uh, especially over the last couple of years with COVID. If that's uh, if that's fair of me to say. Yeah, I would just add. I believe the best way to play defense is to to attack. <laughs> you know, so preach. There, there's even yes. a saying. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there is a German there, and saying in German. Um, attack is the best defense. Uh, 
So um, I think we have to understand that we have the truth and that we come in the name of the Lord. And, um, you know, the, the state, the, the, this uh, secular, humanist, anti-Christian state, it might be a, a, a giant, it might be a, a real Goliath, and we might just be a, a small David, <laughs> but mm -hmm. we come in the name of the Lord. And we will not accept that um, uh, that the armies of the Lord will be uh, mocked yeah, by by Goliath. So, um, and yeah, I believe eschatology plays a role. I, I believe that a a special, you know, I, I believe that there is the potential, at least, that if you have a a, a theology, a, an eschatology, um, that everything will get worse and worse. Anyways, you cannot do anything about it, and the best thing is to. Um, you know, to wait uh, for the rapture, which will probably happen on Tuesday. Um, right. I, I don't believe that's um, that the best eschatology, which can can enable you and encourage you to go out there and fulfill basically the Great Commission. And um, it doesn't have to, obviously, because John MacArthur is a great example. Um, he mm. stood up and he fought. Um, but I think you can do so more consistently um, if you have an eschatology with all with, with, that also fits this idea that. Uh, the gospel will advance and the church has to do something and there is a hope of of success not just um not just eternally but even here on this earth and i believe if you look back at, at history um that that's what history proves if you look back at back, back at germany 500 years ago it was really dark in germany and mm. then there was one monk and he stood up against a a a a, a giant against the roman catholic church and the the state And, right. and God helped him and um, light after darkness. So I believe that can happen again. And this eschatology uh, will help you to, to be courageous and go out there and make it happen uh, if God wills. Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor Tobias, that's, uh, that's been an excellent conversation. Is there, is there anything that, uh, that you'd like to leave with our listeners uh, before we sign off today? Well, I want to express my gratitude um, that that you and Ezra Press uh, were willing to um, to publish my book in English. Um, I I'm not sure, I haven't done any research on this, but I'm not aware that this is, happens very often that a, a book from a German pastor is translated into English and and published in in English. So I'm very grateful for that, and um, I hope that people will be encouraged to buy it and read it. Even though it's from a German context, I believe it will be helpful. And um, yeah, so may God, may God bless you and, and your work. And, and yeah, thank you for everything, brother. Well, we, we have uh, a lot of the works of uh, this guy named Martin Luther in English, but uh, I'm not sure. That's I'm not true. sure who. <laughs> yeah, but uh, maybe I should, I should have said, I'm not aware, I'm, maybe in the last 50 years or so. <laughs> the last 500 years, you're right. There have we've, been a few got, guys. We've got a little bit, but uh, yes, you know, it, yes. uh, it was a real, a real privilege uh, for us and, uh, and for me to, uh, to work to bring this book out. And I, I'm... Uh, I'm trusting, I'm confident that, uh, that it'll be a blessing to many people. Tobias, thank you so much for, uh, for being with us today. God bless you in, uh, in all of your work. And again, the book is Resisting Tyranny, A Christian Response to Government Overreach. I had to re, uh, remind myself of the subtitle. Sorry about that. Uh, that's available at ezrapress.com and uh, most other places online where you can uh, you can buy books. Pastor, God bless you. Thanks for being here. 
Thank I you remind, so much, brother. God bless. I remind all of our listeners, as always, that from him and through him and to him are all things. May Jesus Christ, the King of the earth, be glorified. We'll look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>